Hello and welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast from Reminder Media, where we talk about the strategies and tactics to help you grow your business so you can live a life of freedom, but only if you take action today. I'm Mark Randall, the producer of Stay Paid, and today we're going to be playing you four clips from previous episodes, all aimed at making you a better salesperson. This first clip is from episode four, four things salespeople should do daily. It's literally the hardest thing in your business. It's the cold calling. It's the door knocking. It's the meeting people face to face that you don't know, the whining and dining. It's the awkward part of your job. It's the part of your job that you have to really dive into and embrace. And what I would share with you is kind of what you hit the nail on the head is that is the first thing you must do every single day in your business. Get it out of the way. You have to. Yeah, I would suggest that's a great point. Get it out of the way early because you have more energy, you have more stamina, and so you can attack it. You should be prospecting every day at least one to two hours. So what does that look like? Well, if you're you know in the service-based industry, if you're like a real estate agent, you know you need to look and go, where are my leads coming from? Are they coming from FISBOs? Are they coming from expireds? Are they coming from your sphere of influence? All of us across insurance, finance, real estate, we all have a sphere of influence. You should be reaching out to those people one to two, t- two hours a day because that's where you're going to generate generate your referrals. That's where you're going to generate your repeat transactions from your past clients. And even if you don't generate a deal from calling somebody, chances are you're building that mind share, which is what we've talked about in other podcasts is so essential to growing your business because that's what helps you become industry synonymous. So the first task that you need to do is you need to be prospecting one to two hours a day, bare minimum. I would suggest being on the two-hour side, not less, because that's what really is going to ultimately generate success in your business. And keep in mind, it's not one to two hours on Monday every Monday. It's one to two hours every day. So most people make the mistake is they prospect to feel good about themselves for one day a week and then they quit. I'm talking about every single day. Understand that the prospecting you do today is what is going to bear the fruit for you a month from now. And so many people underestimate and they are so living in the transaction that they forget that all the hard work they put in of that one to two hours of prospecting every day for a month is what led to the next great month. And so you You cannot live in the transaction. You have to be prospecting every day, filling your pipeline. The only reason you're scared to not close that client is because you don't have a full pipeline. So you got to have a full pipeline. Second is you need to be posting on social media. So I separated this one out. You need to be using social media in your business. And when we were talking earlier about this before the podcast, what I was telling people is that social media is almost like a video game now. It's like your virtual world. I don't know if any of you guys growing up played like Sim. But you basically are creating a life for yourself of interaction on social media. So you can't ignore it in your business. Even if you're not traditionally someone who loves social media, you're not someone who loves to interact or post. Me personally... I actually don't post naturally. I have to force myself to, but I understand there's 1.2 billion users using Facebook, what'd you say, every day? Well, there's supposed to, there's going to be 2.5 billion people <clears throat> on social media in general by 2018. So there you go. So, I mean, yeah, like, there's a whole freaking virtual world out there that you have to force yourself, just like I forced myself, that you have to force yourself to start posting, get on there. There was a great point made that I heard that said, Who you are on social media are who people are going to think they're getting in touch with when they talk to you on the phone or they see you face to face. So the point I would make to you that's a practical application is you need to be authentic 
on your social media. The reason why is one, if you're not authentic, you're going to run out of content. So if you're faking who you are, whether you're acting like you're more successful than you really yeah, are. Don't or, do that. Don't correct. Do that. People see through that. Because quick. you're going to run out of content. Yeah. People are going to see through it because people can smell bullshit. They yeah. just can't. Sorry for the language on the podcast, but it's it just okay. is. Right? But when you drive up in a 2001 Toyota Corolla, they're yeah. going to be like, wait a second. <laughs> but that's the, that's the second point is when they meet you, if they've engaged with you under a persona that you've put together on social media that's not real, then that's going to hurt you. And one of the keys to closing any deal is trust. You got to build trust with the client. And that starts with how you engage in your persona, your brand. So on your social media, you should be using it every day. What are some tactical ways to use it? Well, obviously you can post content. We talked about in another podcast that there's the 80-20 rule. 80% should be more your story, more authentic content. 20% should be promoting your business. But another practical way is there's only like 251 working days a year. For all you in the business owner category or sales category, it's 365. I mean, you're working every single day. But think about it this way. If you got on LinkedIn every day and you added and friended 10 new people every day, you've literally grown your contact list significantly. You're, you're up to thousands of people and you can grab that list off of LinkedIn and now you can market to them through their emails. There's so many great tangible ways you can use it. And in fact, if you guys go to statepaidpodcast.com, we'll put there for you how to get your email list from your LinkedIn contacts. So it's a really simple three-step process that you can actually take all your friends All their emails will be available to you. You can download them and now you have a great email list. But the point being is you should be using social media every day to friend new people and then engage. Social media was created to engage. Don't automate fully your social media. You can automate and post content, but you need to be liking, you need to be commenting, you need to be responding to people. This next clip is from episode 25, How Emotion and Sales Go Hand in Hand, featuring our very own sales director, Nick Bianco. Really what we think separates us and our company here at Reminder Media is what we call the emotional close. We talk about the one call close all the time. You guys have heard on other podcasts, we've talked about the one call close, but this emotional close is something that we try to master and we try to coach all of our sales reps. So Nick, I wonder if you could give us, especially when we think about we have outside sales, which is face to face and we have inside sales, but let's start with like phone reps. You know, what's your thoughts on giving the emotion in the sale? Because it's something that's super tricky to do. It's something we've struggled with in coaching people. Give us kind of your thoughts when it comes to the emotion on the sales call. Yeah, well, first, hi, everybody. Um, I'm excited Hello. to be here. You guys have been keeping to, me in yeah, a back room for all these, all these episodes Nick has, here. So, so you guys know, he's to, dying to get I, on this podcast. I finally get to, I got to make a good impression so I get back, actually. So... Um, yeah, so we started probably five and a half years ago. I think the one thing that we've learned specific to emotion back then is we didn't, we didn't have much of it. You know, I think when we kind of think about the ones that were on the phones, the reason we couldn't get a lot of reps to stick when they were coming through is we weren't as passionate about what we were doing. Super scripted too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was very, yeah, it was very, um, this is exactly how it has to go wasn't really real conversations. We weren't digging into like the needs of the prospect, how we were going to deliver for them. So I think the biggest thing was, you know, us getting passionate. And I think, you know, the four of us that were here at the time getting really passionate about what we were doing, who we were helping, the problems we were solving. I think, I think it starts at the top. And I think you have to be passionate from the top and, and convey emotion. Um, but when you're talking about reps specifically, 
over the phone. The hardest thing I think is that you don't get that face to face communication. We all know the difference of over the phone versus versus outside sales is you're talking to somebody over the phone. They're judging you off of your words, your tone, your demeanor, your pauses. And so those sorts of things are so important for a rep to be cognizant of um, when they're talking to a prospect over the phone. You can't force it. You know, and that's something I think the biggest thing for us is we have to teach them from a really early period in their career with with Reminder Media is they've got to learn the ropes. They've got to see the testimonials. They've got to know how we're helping clients so that they can truly convey it over the phone themselves because we can't force them to be emotional. So I think you've touched on some great points that, you know, when I look back and go, hey, what was one of the huge difference makers for us? It was when we took the approach that, and and all of you probably listening to this are in sales. So you know in sales you have your script and you have your process and you learn it. We were so hyper-focused on the process and so hyper-focused on the words and the script that we lost a little bit of our authenticity. And I shouldn't say a little bit. We never had like kind of our authenticity, (laughs) almost like humanity. Like I remember one of the key things that I used to say to our sales reps all the time. I don't know if you remember this back in the early days when I was in training. Now I guess I'm I'm not out on the floor much anymore. But when I was training, yes. (laughs) So when I was training, I would tell people, hey, when they were messing up, I would tell them, hey, If you own this company, if you created this product yourself in your basement, how would you sell it? How would you sell it? And what that did is it caused the rep to start making it personal. It it made it where it was like, it was not just the words they were saying. They had to think about it through the lens of, hey, you know, is this something that I believe in? If I created this, how would I go about selling this? Now, granted, you got to keep in mind, you can't just let your reps run wild. You have to have processes and scripts. But a key point that I think you touched on was this authenticity that came from really understanding what is it that we are selling and what do we truly believe it is accomplishing for the prospect or for the client, which can tap into that more emotional side. There's a great quote that we found kind of before the podcast by Del Carnegie. Carnegie. He once said, when dealing with people, remember, you're not dealing with creatures of logic, but with creatures of emotion. And talk to them a little bit about, you know, people don't buy on logic, they buy on emotion, and how our process works and kind of how we teach that here in our floor. Yeah, so I think, well, I think logic and emotion go hand in hand. I think logic opens up the door to the conversation a lot. Logic gets people's attention, it gets their interest. But at the end of the day, if you just harp on logic, then people wind up thinking about it too much. And they start digging in and really, really kind of trying to dissect it too far. Emotion is simply just conveying to to them at the end of the day. I mean, we're on the phone right now. We've been on the phone for 30 minutes. We've talked five, six, seven times right now. You're not having me call you back over and over again and trying to to figure out how we can help you for no good reason. I mean, you're doing it because you think that I can help your business right now. So I think that at the end of the day, most reps are all going to say the same thing. Whatever sale you're in, every rep, if it's real estate, hey, I can sell your home for you. Hey, I can help you buy a house. If you're a financial advisor, I can help you invest your money, right? I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's going to say that. It's, It's really, why should they choose you? And I think it comes down to what you just said, which is, 
why, why are you passionate about what you're doing as a sales rep and how are you conveying to that, that to them over the phone? And so we, we are passionate here about, you know, with, with real estate agents, you know, specifically just to touch on that for a second, there's a very high turnover rate. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk to real estate agents, it's 87%. Yeah. So those listening, 87% in the first five years fail. Which is staggering. I mean, if we told our reps that, hey, you're taking a job right now, but within five years, and I think it's actually within the first two years, it's even higher, but hey, you're going to take a job with us and within two years, you won't be here. You won't be able to make it, right? Right. I mean, that is something that they have to take seriously. And so for, for our account executives, our reps on the phone is, we, we have to see that as our mission. Our mission is to wake up every day and for real estate, which is a big industry, a big vertical for us, our goal should be to decrease that turnover rate, right? How mm-hmm. can we decrease that turnover rate? And it's, it is about the products and about the industry, but that has got to be something that our reps eat, sleep, and breathe. And whatever sale you're in out there, you've got to be the same way because you're all going to say the same thing and how you're going to solve the prospect's needs and what you're going to do. And you're going to follow up and you're going to deliver an ROI for them. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you cannot sell them on the fact that you are passionate about what you're doing and that you're the one they should go with, you're going to work harder than anybody else out there. They're never going to pull the trigger with you. Well, what comes to mind is that kind of famous sales tip or, you know, features tell benefits sell. Yeah. So there's that tip in, in sales where where what I'm thinking of in my mind right now is like if you're a realtor and you're out there and you're pitching your listing presentation, right? What truly is going to sell the person is not your technical ability to say, I'm going to market you on Zillow. I'm going to market you on Facebook and I'm going to do this much ad spend and I'm going to put this many signs in the yard. All those are good. All those are things that are features of what you're offering to that client. But what truly will sell them is your belief in why you're doing what you're doing, what you've done for your clients in the past, meaning I, the reason I got into real estate, and this is just an example of maybe something that could happen to you. The reason why I got into real estate is because I had a terrible experience selling my home. I had a terrible experience where I lost money. The realtor didn't protect me. It was horrible. And I didn't want anybody, it made me passionate about real estate because I didn't want anybody to ever go through that. And that's why I got into real estate. And that's why I want to help you sell your home because now I've spent my life dedicated to helping people fulfill their dreams by getting to the homes they want to get to, the places they want to get to. And how I do that is through Zillow, through Yard Signs. You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm throwing down? Meaning the emotion there, the story there is truly what's selling somebody, not the the features that you're saying you're going to deliver. And that's a mistake that reps make all the time. Our reps make it. They try to sell the features in the magazine, right? And they miss out on the actual benefits of why are you doing this? What is it actually going to bring to the table? This next clip is from episode 18. Why every salesperson needs a unique selling proposition. A value proposition is a statement which identifies clear, measurable, and demonstrable benefits consumers get when buying a particular product or service. It should convince consumers that this product or service is better than the others on the market. This proposition can lead to a competitive advantage when consumers pick that particular product or service over the competitors because they receive greater value. So I'm probably... In my mind, it stood out to me as best because that's where I naturally go to, you know, yeah. hey, what you bring to the table versus the competition. But I thought that explained well, it, it hit really on a couple well. things. Measurable. That's a big thing. Yes. Right? You know, actually being able to define what is measurable in your in in what you bring to the table that the competition can. And then, of course, the the competition is the next big thing. And I think 
a lot of times, I know as a, as a business, uh, and when we're trying to promote the Reminder Media brand and come up with what that unique selling proposition was, which we have one uh, for our products, American Lifestyle Magazine, um, you know, we're, we're looking at the entire country, you know, yes. and uh, eventually the world. And, hopefully, and hopefully the galaxy, the, the, the galactic, the galactic space, as statement. we call it. Yes. But um, uh, you can make it if you're a service based sales professional, you're, you're in a local community like that is your world. If you're trying to sure. figure out what makes me unique or what makes me the best at, you know, that's your area. That's the other 400 service professionals that you're competing against in your yep. industry. The other five, six, you know, however big your area is, you know, and if you don't know that number, find out that number because you need to know what your competition is and what they're offering so that you can really drill down to what makes me unique. What Correct. makes me special? It's especially difficult in the service based sales arena um, when you're thinking about like a value proposition because you don't necessarily have like a product you're selling you're you're selling yourself as a realtor that might be listening to this an insurance agent yes you're, you're selling insurance you're selling houses but you're ultimately kind of selling yourself because the products aren't really yours you didn't create them right they're not unique it's not a brand new thing that overcomes a I don't know a problem it's more you're selling your brand right and I think you touched on something when you said measurable, a lot of times I think like your unique value proposition, we confuse it with like slogans. Yes. So you think of like yeah. Apple has that, like, what is it? Think differently. Think different, yeah. Like that's not necessarily their value proposition. Mm-hmm. It's more of a slogan for them. And so I think a lot of times we struggle when we're coming up with value propositions because we tend to want to go straight to the slogan, like the number one realtor in central Virginia by home sold. And even though that can be part of your value proposition, that's more your positioning, how you're positioning right. yourself yeah. uh, versus your value proposition. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I had that same challenge when just doing some research on this. There were a lot of examples given that were taglines. And I thought, man, some of them, I didn't think of taglines or so, slogans as being your unique selling proposition. But I, I think it plays into it. If it it's plays something that it. you're able to, I, I would I would encourage people not to go in with the mentality of coming up with a catchy slogan or catchy um, uh, headline or something like that. But if it if it becomes one or you can condense it down one, I think that helps. I know one of the most famous ones um, that from an advertising marketing standpoint, uh, I've seen a lot is Avis, the car rental company. Oh, yeah. OK. They say we're number true. We're number two. We try harder. And I just thought that was that's always been such a great slogan. And it is, in a way, a unique selling proposition because it does a number of things. Number one, it's honest. Yeah. Right. So it's building trust. And that's the key to all sales is being direct and honest. Yeah. 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 We're number two. And then and then it's saying, what am I going to do for you? And that's ultimately what what everybody wants. It's with them. What's in it for me? Yep. And so saying like, hey, we're number two. So we're going to try our hardest because we want to be. Yeah, we want to be. And that's something like if you're number two in your market or something like that, like that's a great opportunity to even own something like that, because now your clients know this this person has goals, they have ambitions, and they're going to work for me as hard as they can to become number one. So it's a balance between, I think like the takeaway there is, don't go in to make it a, a, a catchy saying, Yep. but if you can come out with one that encapsulate what your unique selling proposition is, 
I mean, go for it. Well, what's interesting is I, you know, had a, someone come in and pitch us uh, the other yes. day. So they were pitching <laughs> yeah, yes, us yes. for something for our company. And I've had two different companies come in. I'm going to have a third one come in. They're, they're trying to supply some stuff for us. And it was interesting hearing this person's pitch because I came out of it going, they had told us, you know, hey, they've been in business for years. They had been with the company for 13 years. You know, they're, you know, a billion dollar organization across the, the globe. So they were throwing out all these things and what kept resonating in my mind is that I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Like I'm literally the, the prospect across the table. They're sharing all their kind of credentials for lack of a better word. Like they're sharing stuff that they, I think believe is their unique value proposition, but it wasn't resonating wasn't with resonating, me. It wasn't yeah. connecting yeah. with me because it wasn't speaking to what is in it for me, right. the benefit for me, and then why they're different yeah. from the competition. So if they would have come in and said, basically, here is what we can bring to the table for you, X, Y, Z, and here is why it's better yeah. than everything else that is out there because it drives you know this, this, and this, that would have resonated with me so much more than saying, we've been in business for you know 100 years, and right. I've been with the company 13 years, and the company's a billion dollars, and we have this. It just, that didn't resonate with me, whereas if they were to come in and say, we're unique because we can solve this pain for you, yeah. and we do it better because of this system, or we do it better because of this um, idea, whatever it is that would have resonated so much more well, you even me. made the point this that you know that i know salespeople have in general um is we have all the information today you know yeah, the we don't need to rely on a on a sales uh, person to give us information yep you go into every sale knowing all of your options so it's exactly what you're saying get right to yeah, that why are point. you unique yeah why are you why are you different why so are you unique one way that you can do that is uh to step back and put yourself in your customer's shoes yes right get out of your daily operations scrutinize what your customers really want and start thinking about if you were to use your own services what would stand out to you what would really resonate with with you and your needs and think about how your story can fit into that this final clip is from episode three, The Art of Cold Calling. You know, when I think of cold calling, there's really, you know, we'll try to walk through six different, I would call them maybe principles or tips, best practices that you should apply. And so you might be an insurance agent listening to this. You might be a real estate agent, financial advisor. It doesn't matter. These principles will apply across all industries. This is really what has made my floor of 80 callers really successful. The first one is what Sefton's talking about, which is your script. You have to first have a script and you have to memorize that script. And here's the thing that I tell people all the time is that no actor has ever won an Academy Award or an Oscar or whatever you would call it by memorizing and reciting a script. But they first have the script, they memorize it, but then they make it their own and infuse their personality into it and really change it to being something that they believe in. And that's the key is that you want to have a script and you want to have a script really for every situation. So just as the example, if you're a real estate agent, you need a FISBO script, you need expired listing script, you need a door knocking script, right? You need a script that it lays out not only your introduction, but your value proposition, then how you actually are going to overcome the objections. Then you have to memorize that ingrained in your heart and infuse your personality into that. And what I would say about your script is what you want to focus on is a specialist is always going to sell 
or outsell a generalist. So what I mean by that is a lot of salespeople will create a script and they will share that same script across all their leads. And what I would recommend to you is that take your script and fine tune it specifically to either the individuals or definitely the industry you're calling because a specialist is always going to outsell a generous and this means you're going to know the language right you're going to know the lingo be able to speak their language and that's going to resonate with them more but even more important than that your script now can be tailored to the exact pain points of that industry so they actually see you and view you as an expert in their industry and they'll value your advice so a couple tips there on your script is you got to memorize it First, you got to have one. You got to memorize it and future personality into it. And when you create your script, take the specialist model every time if you can, which you're customizing your script down to the individual you're calling. Yeah, you need to get it down to a niche. And as far as improvisation and inserting your personality is concerned, that's something that just simply comes with time. People do the script for a week and they think that they can start messing around and ad libbing and all that stuff. <laughs> And certain people can get away with it after a long period of time memorizing that script, being able to read it in their sleep. But it's just like the fundamentals of any sport. You have to you have to crawl before you can walk. You have to walk before you can yeah, you run. you got to trust the process, man. We're a bunch of <laughs> Philadelphia Sixers fans yeah, here. Trust yeah. the process. But no, you're right. It is that the number one, I guess, detriment to a sales caller is they doubt themselves. And so as soon as twofold. One, it doesn't work. You feel it's the script and so you change the script. Or if it does work and you said something special like a one-liner in there that was magic, you go, oh my goodness, this is it. And you try to add that one-liner to every situation. It doesn't really work that way. So you got to develop a script, stick to that process. That really actually leads to the second point really well, which is your attitude. Um, It's that mindset of, hey, when you face that rejection, don't change your script. But we really summarize it in this smile and dial. I said dial for dollars. I mean that 100%. Top producers versus mediocre producers. Top producers usually outwork mediocre producers every time. I don't care what you say. Give me someone who has a work ethic that has a mindset that is that smile and dial. They're willing to put in the work and then they have the mindset of the going from rejection to rejection with a smile. It is an absolute no-brainer. I'll choose that person on my team every day over someone who maybe is talented or can shoot the ball well. I want someone who does the fundamentals and puts in the work, does the dials, and understands the mindset of going from call to call with a smile. And what you were referencing some study earlier, I think, before the show, what was that study on smiling? It was just a study that pretty much proves that people can hear you when you're smiling. And it makes a lot of sense. I know, you know, you sang in a band. When I sang in a band, I wasn't hitting a note. The people would tell me, like, smile when you (laughs) sing. Yeah. Because it kind of raises the pitch of your voice. It makes you sound a certain way. And if you come off as unenthusiastic when you're trying to sell in product, it's nearly impossible to think that your prospect is going to be enthusiastic about something that you do not sound enthusiastic about yourself. True. And radio DJs know this, meaning radio DJs know you can feel their smile through the radio. You better believe that your prospect can feel your enthusiasm. They know if you truly are excited, energetic when you call them versus you're moping. A lot of times a a tip that salespeople will use is they'll put a mirror right in front of them and they'll have that mirror right in front of them as they're calling so they can watch themselves because, you know, only I think 7% of communication is actually the words. The rest is coming through like body language, tone, inflection, all those things. And so you got to think about, hey, if you're smiling, that's going to come across. 
Thank you for tuning into this best of episode of Stay Paid. If you liked any of the clips that you heard here today, please go back through our back catalog and download the full episodes today. And while you're there, please give us five stars and a positive comment on whichever podcasting platform you're currently using to listen to this show on. It really helps boost our visibility. It makes it easier for our future listeners to find our content. And remember, the only difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on something you've heard today. 